friends, it is great to be back hosting this edition of Wasn't That Special? 50 Years of Saturday Night Live as we move into the second and final, to this point, Lorne Michaels era of SNL. It's very exciting. We're glad you're here. My name is Scott Bertram. You can find me on Twitter at Scott Bertram. And standing by, my co-host, Christian Schneider. Christian, how are you? I'm good. I'm excited to get started on what is one of the most critically panned seasons in SNL history. And yet, lo, among the sea of terrible reviews, there is one critic who rose above the rest and defended this monstrosity of a season. A reviewer who was so brave, he said, quote, talk of canceling the show despite some obvious problems was ridiculous. The Madonna episode, as bad as it, as bad as it was, poisoned the well and no one saw what was developing. There's no way this is a bottom 10 season when all is said and done, unquote. That critic it's is be- my co-host, it's- Scott Bertram. It's beautiful prose. Going to, who is going to explain to us, defend this season uh, to me and to the rest of you. So I cannot wait to hear this. Yes, and I should say, well, we'll talk about this in a few minutes. I, I am not telling anyone it's a great season. I, I'm not even <laughs> sure it's a good season, but I think that the sort of dire reviews, uh, and it's a season that has not sort of benefited from uh, more contemporaneous sort of rethinking of, of exactly how the season went. I, uh, I I just don't see the Titanic-like catastrophe that many others do. So that that's my angle going in. We'll talk more about that in a second. We've got brand new cast. We've got a brand new cast to run down. We've got new writers and some old writers who are coming back. We've got um, Weekend Update revived. We, we, we've got so much to talk about on today's program. But first, we have to quickly tell you, that you should join us, in fact, if you're listening, of course, on the Apple Podcast Preview or on the Substack Preview. Now's the time to join us to get all the old episodes and all the future episodes of Wasn't That Special, 50 Years of SNL. Do that at wasn'tthatspecial.com. There you can set up on a monthly basis. You can save some money by signing up on, a, on an annual basis. Lock it in for 12 months. And if you really want to be a part immersed in what we do here at Wasn't That Special. Become an executive producer where you get all sorts of benefits like telling us what to talk about on these programs. We'll ask you as an executive producer, what cast members do you want us to highlight? What sketches should we talk about? What themes do you want to hear? You can control what we say. You also get the chance at the end of all of this, at the end of our 50-year episodes, 50 years of episodes. Well, it won't take us that long. You know what I mean. Uh, we're going to have some some awards at the close, best cast members, best best cast in an individual season, best sketches, all sorts of things we'll hand out. And if you're an executive producer, you vote on that along with Christian and me. Plus, Christian works very hard every other week, bi-weekly, to bring you two extra emails chock full of information. Indeed, we have... Uh all of our statements, all of our talk, our discussion behind the scenes, uh, which is all in uh, a nice document there for you that often get to be very long. And then we have a clips package. So when you listen to this podcast and you say, man, I would really like to see that clip. Uh, it is there for you delivered straight to your inbox. Uh, it's all a lot of fun. We have some contemporaneous uh, media clips, some newspaper clips of the time that'll tell you what people were talking about while the show was running. And uh, like in Fargo, we'll even throw in the, the the true coat for you 
at no, no at no extra cost. No additional. And you cost. don't even have to go talk to the manager. <laughs> That's right. And there's no destination fee to worry about. It's all uh, it's all built into the price. Wasn't that special.com wasn't that special.com. Please join us there. We'd love to have you along for the journey. If nothing else to set up for the, the free emails, the updates, you can upgrade at a time of your choosing, but now's a good time to do that. Or also find us on X, formerly Twitter, at 50 years of SNL. That's five zero years of SNL. All right, Christian, season 10, the, the All-Star season, the New York Yankees season, the Billy Crystal season, Dick Ebersole's last season, it turns out. And before we get to the season itself in season 11, we've got to talk about how we got here and more specifically about how Lorne Michaels returns to helm SNL. Before I tell that story, you need to tell us a little bit about Lorne's other project, uh, On Its Face, which should have been one of the funniest shows ever on television. And it was instead the worst rated show of the 1984-1985 season <laughs> on broadcast television called The New Show. What was Lorne doing? Right. People forget that Lorne Michaels tried to sh- start his own uh, show over, I believe it was at ABC, kind of a, an SNL clone. And it had immense talent uh, on the show. Um, uh, uh, Davis and Franken, I believe, were writing for it. You had guest hosts like uh, Steve Martin and uh, Lorraine Newman came back and Dave Thomas was a, was a regular on the show. Uh, John Candy uh, hosted at some point. And so you had a lot of people kind of in the SNL orbit working on the show and it just fell flat. It, it, it went nowhere. And so that is why Lauren was hesitant to, to come back to television. He thought, you know, maybe I'll, he, I believe he had already written um, uh, The Three Amigos, mm-hmm. and that was coming out. And so he thought, maybe I have a career in in movies coming up. Uh, so he wasn't really ready to to jump back into TV. But then when he he finally made the decision, you know, this is my baby. I'm really the only one that, that can actually run this. And uh, so he made the decision to return. Yeah. So what happens after season 10 is, is you know, all those guys who were brought in, Billy Crystal, Martin Short, Christopher Guest, they're all one-year contracts. Uh, Martin Short talked about that in our last episode. In fact, the pressure of being on a one-year deal and feeling he had to prove himself very quickly since it was not likely to be a long-term thing. And Dick Ebersole had nearly quit before season 10, in fact, and uh, and was brought back after he and, and uh, Bob Tischler got together and said, here's how we can do season 10 better. So this is it, though, for Ebersole. He he quits. He uh, he wants to spend more time at home. He wants to produce Saturday night's main event on NBC, the WWF show. He's got Friday night videos. He's got some things going on and doesn't want to do SNL anymore. So it was pretty apparent that season 10 was not going to be replicated and it was going to be flushed out. And whatever happened next was going to be brand new. One of those cast members flushed out was Julia Louis-Dreyfus, and she talked with the TV Academy Foundation about leaving SNL at the end of season 10. I left because I wasn't fired, but I wasn't asked back. And Dick Ebersole and company left. And so I sort of, they cleaned house. Nobody else was sort of brought back after that. They got a whole new cast. Um, And I just assumed that that would be, there wasn't like a grand... Uh, moment or anything. It just sort of kind of happened. I just did, I did it from 82 to 85 and then that was it. 
I don't have a memory of thinking like, oh, are they going to call me back or anything like that. But uh, so, yeah, then I was in New York and looking for a job. So Brandon Tartikoff, once again, is tasked with finding someone to take over SNL, which, you know, while ratings were not where they were and revenue was not where it was, it was still a valuable property for NBC they wanted to keep on the air. So if you're trying to keep SNL rolling and you want to have some success and people to find it funny, you go back to the original guy, I guess. And they asked Lorne Michaels, would you come back to be executive producer on SNL? And Lorne says no. Just uh, He's doing Three Amigos, as Christian mentioned, that was in the can or the, the, the script was in the can. They were ready to produce and film. It's like, I'm distracted. I, I've got this picture deal with Columbia. I don't want to, I, 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 I'm just, I have too many things happening right now to come back and run SNL. Then they figure, well, maybe Dick will come back if we give him more of what he wants. So Tartikoff goes back to Dick Ebersole and says, look, what would it take for you to return to SNL for a season 11 to run the program once again? And Ebersole, and a lot of this comes from that great Saturday Night book, by the way, uh, the, uh, um, the book we've referenced many, many times in the program. Uh, Ebersole wants to take the show off until January. And then he wants everything on tape. He wants the live part to be excised. Everything would be on tape. And that's not really a a starting point NBC is comfortable with. Not the delay and not having everything on tape. Well, then they approach David Letterman about doing a Saturday night version of that uh, show. And Letterman said, no, thanks. And somewhere in the middle of all this is Letterman and Ebersole and Lorne Michaels Billy Crystal gets sucked into this discussion as well as uh, as a possible, well, let him describe what was presented to him. Billy Crystal here is talking about uh, the end of his reign uh, run on SNL and uh, what they asked him to do. Billy Crystal here with the TV Academy Foundation. It's the night before the test. I go, wow. And he said, he gets on the phone. <clears throat> He's talking about doing uh, what he called a wheel. So there'd be three shows a month. But I would be the permanent host. And would I be interested in doing that? And I said, yeah, yeah. But I'm testing for this movie, and it starts shooting in September. And I'm told I'm going to get the part. When would this start? He said, well, the first show would be like in October, early October. I said, well, then I can't do the movie. So he said, let me call you back. And then he never calls back. So I test and I do the movie and I get the part and I make the movie. So what happened was in the interim, Dick Ebersole left. Lorne comes back and decides he wants to do SNL again. And he wants to clear house and start from scratch with the new cast. Doesn't want anybody back from the year before. Um, So that was it. So they come back to Lorne Michaels and Lorne is kind of hemming and hawing and he's he's more serious than last time. And NBC is the one that pulls out this time. They, they say Tartikoff thinks his heart's not in it. The, the desire there to build the show from the ground, which is what would have to be done after season 10, is just not there. Lorne can't do it. They nearly nabbed the producers from HBO's Not Necessarily the News to come and run SNL. That fell through. And now we're getting down to crunch time. And they got to figure out what's going to happen with the program. They go back to Lorne Michaels a third time now. 
And for whatever reason, this time, Lorne is much more open to the possibility that he would come back and be executive producer again on Saturday Night Live. He's more ready. He's more excited to do it. And they still need to delay the season because it is so late in the process. They've got to recast everybody. So Lauren says, I'll do it. And Brandon Tartikoff at NBC says, okay. And they set a debut day of November 9th of 1985. That will be the beginning of season 11 of SNL. And so that's how Lorne Michaels came back to Saturday Night Live, his baby, the, the thing he helped birth and is now coming back to. Lorne talked with Charlie Rose on PBS some years after the fact about this transitional period of returning to the show he once helmed. And Charlie Rose asked him if he missed it while he was gone. I didn't actually miss it that much when I was away. I, I didn't watch it, so I didn't I didn't pine for it. Uh, I had spent didn't five years... It. No, not once. Because... Not once. Once, just perverse, I suppose. But no, I didn't because it was too painful. I mean, first of all, I'd I'd been there every Saturday for five years, and uh, the 75 to 80 period is is impossible to describe. It was very intense. (laughs) And so now we have a whole new season, and we have a whole new cast. Uh, Everybody is new. And so what I thought we would do is try to summarize the season, maybe in just a a word or a phrase or a sentence or two, what are your what are your impressions of the season kind of generally? I, I entered viewing, as you alluded to earlier, with the uh, anticipation that it was going to be a, a, a totally lost season, that it was going to be one of the worst seasons in the 50 years of SNL, that it was going to be bottom-of-the-barrel type stuff, that it might rival season six for being something truly awful. And perhaps, perhaps because my expectations were so low, Maybe the quality was a little higher than than people have have talked about. But I think if I were going to use a, a phrase to describe season 11, it would be something along the lines of obviously flawed. And what I mean by that is, I said, it's not a great season. It, it might not be a good season, but I think that you can see the areas at which, in the areas in which there are, what are they called? Uh, green shoots. <laughs> there, there, there's <laughs> yeah. areas where you can see things that are developing nicely. And where there are problems, I think the problems are so glaringly obvious as to be easily corrected in in one off season. I mean, you can watch season 11, as we did, every episode, and we have our notes, and you, have, you could have access to them if you like. And you see the very specific, obvious areas in which season 11 is lacking, is flawed, is having problems. But I I think those areas are quite easily fixable. And so it is an obviously flawed season, but it's not a complete and total disaster. And I think one of the reasons, and we'll get into this, one of the reasons it has that reputation is because it did get off to a horrific start. And that is when the media, the press, the critics piled on very quickly with the Saturday Night Dead and why do they have this show hanging around and put it out of its misery and all that stuff. And I think a, a, a holistic view of season 11 would say that that is not true. That, that's not the case. There was not a, a compelling reason to pull the plug on the show creatively. So flawed? Yes. Some obvious problems? Yes. But things that could have been corrected pretty easily. It is hard to think of any single 
episode of any season of any show that was as poorly <laughs> reviewed as the first episode of the season. Um, and if you are a uh, executive producer for our show, you will see, I will, I'll put together a whole list of them and you'll be able to see them. And uh, you know, the whole Saturday night de- dead. And, you know, I think Tom Shales said something like this is the Hindenburg of comedy or something, you know, something to that effect. But yeah, um, I think that uh, that probably swayed people. They they got it in their minds, and they weren't uh, able to to get off that for, for quite a bit. My phrase uh, to describe the season, I think, is writer's season, and some context to that. If you listen to the podcast last week we talked about it being very much a performer season. I mean, why, why were the writers even there? <laughs> I mean, cause you had, you had Ed Grimley, you had Fernando, you had Joe Franklin, mm-hmm. you had William Frankie and all that stuff, which are ba- basically performer bits, right? You just, you put a nickel in Billy Crystal or right. Christopher Guest and <laughs> Martin Short and you just, <laughs> yeah. And you just let him go. I mean, Fernando literally was ad-libbed the writers are sitting there with their hands in their pockets going, you know, what are we doing on this show? Because the performers were so strong. This season is a complete photo negative of that. The performances, the performers are extraordinarily weak. So I think you have a writer's room that flexes their muscles a little bit more because the performers aren't good. You have, more kind of clever sketches or wordplay sketches or the types of things uh, that I see that I enjoy a, a bit more, but uh, yeah, the the performances aren't great, and we're going to get into that quite a bit. But it to me, it just feels like the writers were flexing their muscles a little bit, a little bit more. And there are a lot of young writers there that would go on to be great writers. Yep, I don't, I don't think they have their feet under them just yet no, but not um, this year and in addition to those writers we have a lot of new cast members to uh, roll through uh tell you about we've got all of our favorite sketches coming uh, uh, up here in the uh on the podcast but in order to listen you have to subscribe join us in our uh, little wasn't that special community uh you can join monthly you can save a little bit of coin and join on an annual basis or you can become an executive producer, uh, and all those benefits Scott will tell you about right now. Executive producers are our bestest friends, first of all, and that's the most important thing. <laughs> but also, you have the opportunity to tell us what to talk about. We'll ask you before we tape each season show and ask you if there are things we should discuss, characters you want to know about, stories you want told. Well, let us know. If you're an executive producer, we'll follow your lead. You also get two extra emails for every show that's released. Christian does both of these. One In one, he compiles all of our notes from various sketches through the season that didn't make it to the podcast. And you get to read all of our innermost thoughts on what happened throughout the course of the season. And the other email is a uh, clips package in which you see links to all sorts of sketches that we've talked about during the course of the program, perhaps some we didn't talk about. And it also, I think this is the coolest thing, is contemporaneous writings and reviews of SNL from across the country uh, during that season. You get that. And you also get the opportunity to vote later on at the end of all of this. When we go through all 50 seasons, we'll make some big 
pronouncements like best cast ever, best season <laughs> ever, best cast members, and some worsts as well along the way. And who gets to vote? Well, Christian does, and I do, and then all of our executive producers. So the innermost circle of friends will vote to decide once and for all who the best is on SNL after we finish our 50 years of episodes. But you got to be an executive producer to do that. If there's a tie in that voting, it goes to the, the House of Representatives, I, I believe. Something I that's how like it that, works. yes. I and, should also uh, note that uh, if you're new to the podcast, last uh, season, season 10, is entirely free the whole week. So if you want to see kind of what we do for our uh, executive producer subscribers, feel on feel free to go on back to uh, season 10 and get a free, free sample of the, uh, of the podcast and all the materials we send out. Read it all and it'll make you want more. Tremendous point. Season 10, the all-star season, available for all. Listen, you'll want more. So join us at wasn'tthatspecial.com, wasn'tthatspecial.com. You can also follow us for nothing over on X, formerly Twitter, at 50 Years of SNL. Music.